Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to The State of Us. Beyond mainstream cable news and party lines, with a millennial and a boomer, the state of us pushes past the noise and uncovers all the issues that matter. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. If you could do one thing right now to help fix America, no matter how large or small, what would it be? Well, that's the premise of a new New York Times piece that resulted in multiple articles. And it goes on to say, you can agree or disagree with the ideas that follow. But at a minimum, hopefully, they'll make you and policymakers and business leaders think about what is possible. And to come up with these ideas, every year, the New York Times brings together exactly those types of experts and industry leaders as part of their ongoing deal book conversations. And basically what they did is they uh, premised that question to all of these individuals and said just one thing, right? And then they assembled this list uh, from these different individuals. And what Lance and I have done is even curated it down further and picked just six things today, six things that we think could make measurable difference in the course of our nation. And the good news is, I think for the most part, a lot of them um, are things that Lance and I feel like are pretty easily bipartisan. There's one or two that we're going to share with you because we want you to think about as we're thinking about, hmm, maybe we're not ready to say, let's do that. But what kind of things does it get us started on? And of course, that's what this show's all about. So today, Fix America, this is how. Of course, we couldn't begin that critical conversation without. True Chat Senior Historian and an educator of more than 30 years. Here is your friendly redneck liberal, Lance Jackson. Well, in the pre-show meeting, Justin said uh, I had to pick three and I already had nine. So... Uh, I pared down my list and, and we've got my three now, but there's a lot of good reading there, folks. But uh, word of the day today, extroversion, E-X-T-R-O-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. I think it goes well. It's an attitude in which a person directs his or her interest to things outside of themselves and to other persons rather than to his, their own experiences and feelings. So kind of makes sense today, I think, for us to be extroverted, to think about others as well as ourselves, and to take a look at these things and say, well, how can we make this better? Because let's face it, folks, if we make everything better, that makes our lives better. It makes us better. And if we approach it in that manner, then we all benefit. So that's kind of the focus that I want to take with the topics that we're going to talk about today. So in the first segment, we'll look at using remote work to revitalize the cities that need it most and giving every American cash at birth. That's one that's really piqued our interest. In the second segment, we'll talk about listening to people we disagree with the most and banning the share button on social media. In the third segment, we'll look at making good on our promises at last 
to Indians in this country, as well as stop pushing college and thinking of education as more than just school. There's a lot to get through, so we'll get right into it. Using remote work to revitalize the cities that need it most. Uh, This Lance right here, this program, I think tells you a lot of what you need to know. For years, brain drain has plagued non-coastal cities in America with talent and companies relocating to a handful of cities on the coasts. We've talked about this a lot, right? The leaving of rural America, the flyover states, losing their best talent because we're taught that you have to leave if you want to be successful. But fostering work from anywhere is an opportunity to reverse that trend. In 2018, long before COVID-19 was a reality, a program called Tulsa Remote offered $10,000 and a range of services to remote workers who were willing to move to Tulsa, Oklahoma for one year. The program received more than 10,000 applications for 100 slots. Two years later, only a handful of program participants had left the city, and Tulsa Remote is fielding applications for its third cohort. Kind of an interesting concept, but it plays into exactly what we've talked about, which is in the 21st century, there's no reason that people should have to cram into cities in order to be productive. And we've seen, interestingly, right, with COVID-19, there's actually been this uh, very large drop in demand for commercial real estate and a big increase in demand for uh, residential spaces outside of cities. So, Yes, this isn't something that we asked for, but there's an opportunity to seize the moment and say, okay, how can we further invest in this? Because programs like uh, that Tulsa Remote, Lance, I think are very interesting ways for some of these cities that are experiencing population losses to think about how can we attract people here? Well, you know, we, we need to be real and there are many jobs that can't be done remotely. So, you know, we can't just do this for everybody and we understand that. But for those jobs that can be done that way, when you think about it, you know, if you can work, if you can live anywhere, I mean, people are going to, you know, Europe. I mean, they can go anywhere they would like and work for their corporation if they have a job that where they can work remotely. When you have those people who are looking to get out of what we would call here in the country, the rat race of the city and move to not just the suburbs, but move out into the rural areas, this is a perfect opportunity. And what you do then is you keep people um, that you want at your company. And at the same time, these other areas, they benefit. And here's where that word extroversion comes in. If we take care of those people and they live in the rural areas, then they bring that desire for growth and for community and everything with them. And it then encourages these rural areas to grow. Oh man, and this is going to be a recurring theme today, broadband internet coming to everyone because they would want better, the best internet enabled to, to enable to work from home, to work in these smaller towns and cities. And it would be a, a boom for those places and which in turn then helps the entire country. So it's a great idea. You know, a hundred people in Tulsa doesn't seem like a lot, but if you'd add a hundred people, to Urbana or to Champaign County every year for the next 10 years, that would be huge. And, and the, the, the work and jobs and opportunities that we create for the people that are already here and for the young people that are, are, that are growing up right now um, in our county, as in anywhere in rural America, this would really help. So it's, 
it helps everybody, right? Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's something that we've talked about a good bit. And it leads us into our next thing because we talk about, right, making things uh, available for all Americans and or giving us the opportunity, right, to have good lives. As we've talked a lot about the broken social security system in this country, retirement systems that are being plagued, there's this new idea, and this is one that Lance and I have kind of, we talked about before the show, what's the deal? And Lance picked this one out, and it's give Americans cash at birth so that they can retire as millionaires. Now, that may sound a little far flung, but listen to this, birthright funds would be invested at birth in zero cost equity index funds. They would be prohibited from withdrawal until retirement and would compound tax-free for 65 years or more. At historical rates of equity returns of 8% annually, a 6,750 at birth retirement account which would cost the government $26 billion a year based on the average number of children born in the U.S., would provide retirement assets of more than $1 million at age 65 or $2 million at age 74. You might say, well, that sounds like an awful lot of money. Social Security, Lance, accounts for about 23% of the budget in 2019 or $1 trillion in a year. Exactly. Okay. Yep. So, I mean, we're literally talking right about uh, 2.6% the cost of what Social Security currently runs us. This may be, even if we don't do anything else and we just do exactly what this says, maybe one of the most sensible things I've heard because why... Why leave it in the government's hands? And we already know Social Security is going upside down. This turns that idea over, right? And it connects it to you at birth rather than we're paying ahead. And then that way we're never based on this whole issue of declining birth rates equal failing Social Security, right? I mean, this eliminates that. It does. And, you know, I think where people, where you're going to get some pushback and I, I love the idea, but my mind starts working and saying, okay, what? what are the arguments against it? And the argument, one of the main arguments is, okay, you can't control the birth rate. You don't know. It says, okay, it's going to cost this much money based on our current birth. Okay. I mean, some years it might cost a little bit less because the birth rate goes down or it might cost more. But what if this encourages people to have more children? Well, we've talked about that on the show. We really need that. I just think it makes sense like you. I mean, wow. We can spend 2% of what we spend on social security and let people have some money and give them, you know, put it up front. Um, and now you've got the problem. Well, what if the stock market crashes and this and that and the other, that's where you get the 8% average. Some years you do better than others, but overall you end up with that amount of money. And if you think about it <clears throat> as someone who's approaching maybe full retirement, I don't know if that'll ever happen for me or not, but I've already retired from a couple different, uh, you know, my main profession and some other things. But the, the idea of you've got some investments, well, you can live off about, you know, you say you take 5% away from it, you never touch the balance. So if everybody had a million dollars when they turned 65, they could take 5% of that, which would be $50,000 a year and never touch the the million dollars that they had invested. So they could take 
5% off the top every year once they turn 65 and have 50. That's more than most people get from Social Security, right? Every year. So right. we're, we're still taking care of the elderly. We're giving people retirement income and they're going to do better than they are under the current system. It makes so much sense. I see there's, there, and there's problems with everything. But like Justin, like you said, Justin, we've got problems with Social Security. So I, it's an interesting thought. I, I would like to hear more of it. All right. We've got lots more to come still. We've got to talk about here in the upcoming segment, listening to people we disagree with the most it may sound simple and banning the share button. These two things together, how would that change the nature of discourse in this country and help fix America? Keep it here on The State of Us, and we'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We are the state of us. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. If you could do one thing, big or small, to fix America, what would it be? That's kind of the premise for today's show. And of course, there's a lot of stuff that people have come up with. We only get to cover six of them today, but they're the ones that stood out to Lance and I that we think everybody can appreciate and at the very least should stir some thoughts. We want to hear from you. Send us an email, podcast at thestateofus.org, podcast at thestateofus.org. And also, if you go to our website, thestateofus.org, you can see today's article and read everything that we didn't include. Um, so be sure to check that out if you want to. There really is some great stuff there, and there's a lot of detail that we just don't have time to uh, to dive into. But banning share buttons on social media. First reaction to this, Lance, was, well, we can't do that because, you know, uh, obviously it it infringes on, you know, First Amendment rights or what have you. But then you read a little deeper and, and here's something that's just kind of uh, interesting, right? It would be, the author writes, it would be facile to blame share buttons for all of society's evils, but getting rid of them could do us a world of good. Just ask Instagram, which has doggedly refused to add a one-tap regram button for to its app for years. And as a result, think of all these scandals, right, that we've heard of in the last number of years, misinformation campaigns. Who have you heard about? You've heard about Facebook and you've heard about Twitter mostly, right? But a lot of Facebook. And Facebook, of course, is one of the easiest places along with Twitter. When you're scrolling through your feed, you see a little button right there, like, comment, share, right? All you got to do is press share. 
blast it out to the world, right? And further those information campaigns. Interestingly, Instagram has had far fewer viral misinformation scandals than its parent company, Facebook. And uh, actually, Facebook and Twitter, Lance, have both experimented with making it harder for people to share. Twitter recently reported that its pre-election experiment this year, in which it added an extra bit of friction to discourage thoughtless sharing, led to a 23% decrease in retweets, a change it actually is proud of since it slowed the spread of misinformation. By sharing less, we might actually find ourselves sharing more. Okay, I'm going to sound like an old person here. I don't know how it is a First Amendment right. We didn't have share buttons back in the day. If you wanted to share something, you had to write it down and remember it or, or put it to memory and then walk over and say it to somebody or put it in a letter and it took effort. put a stamp on it. Right. It took some work, you know? And so I, I don't understand where we're violating anybody's rights. Uh, the old man's going to get a little mad here. So, you know, that, that just to me seems like it's, it's a nonsensical argument here against this. One of the things I've, that people, you know, obviously shouldn't do that we found with technology, just because you can do something with technology doesn't mean it's the best idea. Oh, really? We're starting to find that out now. Well, good. It's a little better late than never. Okay. I have no problem with this. I, I don't think it violates anybody's right. If you read something and you want to share it with your friends, then retype it or call them up and have a conversation with them. I think it's, this is a great step towards taking some of that hostility that we've been feeding off of and feeding one another. Like I said, be extroverted. Get out there and actually take the time to talk to people. I mean, we're talking about not solving all the problems, but just making it a little bit better. This is a way to make it a little bit better. And it'll save your thumb a little bit, all right? You don't have to keep sliding <laughs> over and hitting share. Maybe you won't get carpal tunnel quite as fast. I do like the idea um, about making it a step harder. But it's not, but it's not, you know, I know you say harder. It's not harder. We did it. You know, I mean, we used to do it. It's like I was listening to an elderly lady talk and she said, you know, I'm looking forward to my second COVID shot because I'm going to get to hug my son for the first time in a year. But she goes, you know what? That's not that bad because when I was growing up, I had to do without my dad for four years because he went and fought in World War II. I mean, come on, folks. Really? It's that hard if you take a share button away? I mean, come on. We've done things a lot harder for a lot longer. And this is a way to help people. I think the share button is response. I know it is. I mean, anecdotally, whatever I've told people about the story of, and I think my brother would tell you this firsthand and he listens to the show. So he might, uh, you know, he might appreciate that I'm bringing this up. He quit Facebook altogether, okay? And I know he believes his mental health, his life enjoyment is all for the better. It has all improved. And a big part of that is not just the social media itself. It has to do with the constant feed of random information, a lot of it very negative, that's being perpetuated by people you know. 
you know, and that does something, things that we don't understand yet to your psyche. So one one thing that I think is an, is an immediate, easy step that the tech companies have already proved is valuable is if you're not going to do away with the share button, add an extra step in there that gives people, because it's amazing. Um, I mean, we see this, I'm sure, Lance, you, you can speak to this in the classroom. When you confront somebody with the action they're about to take, you know, they're angry and in the, in the moment and you're like, so what you really want to do is this and you say it back to them, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I guess I don't really want to do that. You know? Exactly. And, yep. and, and, that don't, and that doesn't, the whole thing is that doesn't stop the sharing, right? But it does make you think twice about, is this really something that I want out there? Is this really something that I believe? Or was it just, I was frustrated and heated in the moment or, you know, I wasn't really paying attention or whatever. Anyway, moving on to the next one, Lance, because I think it goes hand in hand, right? And you pick this one out is listen to people you disagree with the most. I thought it was really interesting. Um, this professor, uh, at the university of London and university of Washington, the example they used was decisions around vaccines and how tensions run deep and how that it led them to see, right, um, that listening can be so powerful. So uh, she says, here is my proposed solution to be applied one conversation at a time. When, when confronted with a different view, try to find something you agree on. You don't have to change your views. Just be open to the fact that others have theirs too. It may sound counterintuitive, but it's the only place to start. And it's interesting, we were just talking about social media because that's exactly how I feel about that. I see things every day from people that I know where I'll have family members who say, did you see what, you know, did you see what so-and-so said? And I find myself defending people, Lance, whose views I don't agree with. And I have to preface it to the other person that I'm talking to and say, look, I don't agree with what they're saying, but here's where I think they're coming from. You know, you have to understand that this is why this person probably feels this way. And it's that same, you know, moment of recognition that's like, oh, well, I guess they're maybe not such an evil person. They're just, they're, they, where they're at in life has led them to this point. And if you understand that, it's amazing how it changes the dynamics of conversation, which is kind of what we're about here, right? No, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, and that's where that, you know, the word of the day comes in today, extroversion. Take time to not just get upset about something, but have that conversation with another person and find out why they feel that way. And what you find out is exactly what that person said to do. When you look, you know, try to look for one thing you agree with, you, you sit, when you sit down and talk to somebody, you find out that you have a lot more in common with them than you ever thought possible. Now, you may still have disagreements and you may walk away from the conversation and still not agree on the topic, but you find out, oh, we are both humans. We do both breathe oxygen. We do have some rational idea why we believe this. Okay. Or at least you, even if you don't think that their reason is rational or it's, you know, they think the earth is flat or something that's just scientifically been proven incorrect. At least you find out where they go. And if you opened up the dialogue, then you've opened up the opportunity for them to listen to you and you might be able to change their mind. So there's just so many positives that 
that come from sitting down. It's one of the things, right, that we teach in conflict management. If you have a conflict with another person, once both sides have calmed down, let's bring us, let's bring everybody together and let's talk about this. And many times you can diffuse the situation once everybody's calmed down by having the conversation and you can become really good friends. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I've seen that happen so many times. I used to have a debate class in school and kids would get really upset with each other. And then they'd sit down and they start to talk about it. And they're like, oh, and then they'd become friends for the rest of school and through college and sometimes even lifelong friends. And it was like, you know, if we never had these conversations, I never would have even talked to that person because they didn't run with the same kids that I did, or I didn't like their hairstyle or their clothes were funny or whatever. And because they had conversations and listened to one another, listened, right? Conversation doesn't mean you get to talk all the time. The biggest part of a conversation is being on the listening end. It should be listening to someone. And if you listen, then you start to learn and we find out that we can both make a difference, that we can both do some positive things here and that we're more alike than we are dissimilar. So what's next, Justin? That's, of course, the theme on today's episode. And that's why we want to hear from you because uh, we really do appreciate it. We got a nice email just the other day, Lance, um, from a uh, fellow member of my generation, similar to uh, your daughters in age, not that much older than I am. Um, And I know Lance and I just enjoy getting to hear from you all and uh, providing those, you know, those truly interesting and thought provoking uh, stories. In this case, it was just a story just kind of about it was in response to our millennial uh, millennial jobs and, you know, the future of the millennial generation and how they're rethinking families. And um, it's from Jeremy K. And I, I, I just really appreciate Jeremy writing in because I think you and I both, Lance, it makes you realize that the things we're talking about on the show are real people out there, right? They yep. really yes. live this stuff. And I think Lance and I both feel really fortunate that we've got an audience that uh, not only listens to what is being said, but in many cases draws the parallels in their own lives and takes time to share their thoughts with us. So send us an email, podcast at thestateofus.org, podcast at thestateofus.org. We've still got more to talk about making good at last on our promises and think of education as more than school. Keep it here on The State of Us. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the state of us. Here's your host, Justin T. Weller. Make good on the promises, Lance. Yes, 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 yes. You and I have been talking about this for so long. What promises are we talking about? Well, in the entirety of our country's history, Native American children, families, and communities, the victims of colonial genocide have been pushed aside, blatantly harmed, and tragically forgotten. 
something that you and I have discussed on many occasions. It is time. It is time to do more, to do better. And um, I was so glad that, I mean, I thought this was awesome that it was in the list that they had compiled because it is easy to overlook. It is totally wrong to overlook it. And if you're out there wondering, why do we need to spend time on this? I think it's the very, if we don't, we are ignoring a tenant of our history that brought us to where we are now. We stole and robbed these people and left them for dead and in many ways continue to push for their extinction today. And it's just wrong. It's not, I don't think it's who we want to be as a nation and we can never undo what's been done but we can certainly get it right from here on out. And I think that's, we've made promises and commitments. It's not like these are new things we're talking about, things we've already signed, things we've already said we would do that we're not doing. Well, and this is written, the author is a former U.S. Senator from North Dakota. So this is someone who has, you know, who has been there, who it's been, it's part of their constituency. And just, you know, very, when you think about it, you're like, what do you mean? They don't have this already? But let's just let's get into a little bit of this, right? It says guarantee that every tribal member who has a treaty right to health care has access to quality health care where they live. Increase telehealth, create incentives and enable recruitment and retention of healthcare professionals. Um, and it, you know, this this must be done in consultation with tribal leaders and tribal elders. Oh, that talking piece. Sit down to the people that are going to be affected and say, what's the best way? to do this for you to see the benefits from this invest in safe and secure housing by making sure tribal homes are connected to sewers. Yes. Connected to sewers because currently fewer than half of them are. Are you kidding me? We, we have these people living in a place where we don't even have them connected to sewers and running water, expand tribal housing to reduce overcrowding and provide utilities and roads. We don't provide utilities and roads. Come on. I mean, if you're not like me, I'm appalled that this isn't even, hasn't already been done. So what are we waiting for? I mean, come on. This is so easy to do. And then finally, you know, here it is. Enhance education by in, in, uh, investing in school infrastructure, recruiting top teaching talent, providing housing for teachers. Here I am retired, Justin. I read this and it's like, and I've thought about this in my past. So it's not a new thought, but I'm like, okay, I'm retired. I'm moving to one of these places, these tribal homes, and I'm going to volunteer my services as an educator and finish out whatever life I have left. Because again, you read about this and it's like, oh my gosh, really? This has gone on in the United States of America. This is going on in the greatest you know, what, what we perceive and claim sometimes to be the greatest country in the world. Yep. And, and the reality is so many of the solutions that you pointed out, Lance, they're not overly complicated or complex. You need to listen to the local leaders that are there. You need to give them the resources that they're asking for, that they've been promised to succeed. There's the key, right? There's the key. We said we were going to do this. Yeah. Right. We've already prom. We signed a treaty. We prom. We signed a legal document that said we'd do this. You just hit the nail on the head. That's, I guess, what's so frustrating about this is this isn't people asking for something that we can't give them. We already said we would give them, and then after a hundred years later, we still haven't given it to them. 
Yep. Oh my goodness, really? How good is our word? Isn't that something that we value here in our culture is, is a person's word, right? I mean, you can take a lot of things away from me, but you can't take my word away from me. If I say something, I stand behind it. I, that, that, that's a, a trait that we used to honor. And here we are as a nation, we haven't done it. And I think the remote work thing, Lance, right? I mean, that's, we talked about that in the beginning. There is no reason in today's age, uh, even though we, in most cases, very unfairly located these people in the most uninhabitable areas of our country, basically the stuff that nobody else wanted. And anytime we want it, then you move them again because, well, we need what you have. So instead of paying you or taking no for an answer, uh, like would be, most of our rights, we just, you know, say, well, we're, you know, changing this or changing that and not going to uphold what we said. But the point is enabling things like that. It's not just about doing good for these communities, but allowing them the opportunity to attract people into their communities to bolster their economy um, and to ensure that their way of life hopefully survives their culture. Uh, because you talk about, I think some of the low estimates, Lancer, that 95% of the indigenous population of North America is dead, um, you know, since 1492 when, uh, you know, Europeans first started arriving in notable numbers. Um, you've dropped from anywhere from like 60 million down to a few million people, you know. Uh, I mean, awful, terrible. Um, and uh, the reality is they're just going to go, they're just going to die off completely if we don't get serious about um, doing what we should have been doing. And again, you can't fix what, what we've already messed up, but what you can do is say, we're not going to let it keep getting worse. We're not going to keep treating these people, uh, this way. And, and so Lance, um, you talked about education and that's our, our last one, right? The only reason this didn't receive higher priority folks, the education one is because I think it feels like something that Lance and I are talking about constantly, but thinking of education as more than just school. Right, Lance? I mean, that's exactly in so many ways. So share what, what was the most impactful thing from the piece that you read in the article here? Well, this is uh, talking about, um, you know, trying to eliminate in places where they have eliminated the achievement gap among students of color and white students. And there have been some places where they have done that. And what they've done is very simply, it's, a practice of centering on place that where a child grows up and it provides comprehensive services to the neighborhood to effectively combat poverty. These services include high quality education, cradle to career youth programming, physical and mental health support, workforce development, affordable housing, and community leadership development. Basically, you know, you have to invest in the entire community, but you do it by investing in the young people. That if you do that, then all of a sudden you don't have what you talked about where you have a brain drain. You're taking the time to raise these children, teaching them how to conflict management, giving them physical and mental support from the time they start, you know, preschool till they graduate. And then all of a sudden that's going to bring it. Oh my gosh, what does every employer look for? They want to look for hireable workers. Well, if you've got a good basic education and you understand how to problem solve, those are the people that factories, that employers of all kinds want to hire. So then what are they going to do? Oh, they're going to build in those communities 
And then there is work for people to do in those communities. So they stay. And now you start to have a community of strong individuals who are living in the community. And then all of a sudden things start to change. Why? Because you invested in young people. That's the key folks, right? Justin, I mean, it doesn't matter. I don't care how you do it, what you want to do. If you invest in young people, then we all benefit because it makes for a stronger community. We're experimenting with it right now um, in our little town here in Urbana. The idea of youth services outside of the school day and, and rethinking the school day, too. I mean, that's the whole point of this is think of education as more than just school because uh, it, it isn't just what we do for the students is good for students. It's good for everybody. And that's, I mean, Lance mentioned that in earlier in the episode on a different thing, but that's the reality. We do these things. It's, it's good for all of us, right? Uh, because if students become better equipped to be productive members of society, it lifts society, which is good for everybody. You want to save rural communities. You've got to start with the students because long-term that's where the answer lies. And if you're not doing things to help lift them out and break these cycles of inequity, then uh, you're really not going to fix the problem long-term. I mean, that's just, I think that's just what it comes down to. And um, well, the future's not, the future's not me. Right. I'm almost 60 years old. You know, people invested in my future a long time ago. And for that, I'm grateful. Well, I've been trying to spend my life now to give back to that and continue with whatever breaths I have left to continue to do that because somebody was good enough to do that for me. And if they did it for you, you need to do it as well. And if they didn't, well, like, like you said, Justin, that's going to solve the problem. Investing in the young people is where we're going to go. And like I've always said in my class, I want my young people to be successful because they're going to have to take care of me when I'm getting older. Well, I'm not quite there yet, but I will be sooner rather than later. And if we don't take care of the young people, why would you expect them to take care of you when you get older? Exactly. I mean, I think the today's shows come full circle. We've talked about a lot of different things, remote work, making good at last on our promises, burying the share button on social media, giving cash to people at birth, stop pushing college, and thinking of education as more than just school, listening to people we disagree with. And that really all of this, Lance, comes back to that central thing that we're trying to do here, right? I mean, it, so it sounds a little right. bit like we did what our mission is today. Well, that's what we try to do every day here at True Chat. But our mission up on the board, as we read every day when we come into the office, is to educate people by providing honest, open, and respectful conversations. And we've had that today. And when you think about it, talking to people that you disagree with, that's where that respectful conversations come in. You talk and you don't have to agree. And, you know, Justin and I, there are things that if you listen to the show, there are times that we go, we battle, you know, but in the end, we're still friends and we talk about it. And whether we change each other's opinions, we know why the other one feels that way. And we know that we have good reasons for why we, we do feel the way that we do. And that enables us to continue to have these conversations. If you like the show, you listen to it, you, sh you want to share it with friends without, so you don't have to, you can't hit that button this time. You have to actually tell them <laughs> where to go to listen to it. So if you want to share that information with them, uh, you can't press a button, but you can tell them they can find us on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. 
or if you're in one of those markets, Justin, we're not just a podcast, are we? No, we're also a syndicated radio program, so you can hear new episodes of the podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays by 4 a.m. Eastern. And if you're in select talk markets around the country, you can hear us on the weekends as well. We obviously appreciate all of our listeners, podcast and radio, and we encourage you to see if a local talk market carries the state of us. And if they don't, call them up, tell them they should. For the State of Us on True Chat in Urbana, Ohio, I'm Justin T. Weller. I'm Lance Jackson. Special thanks to our producer, Bradley Butch, and thank you all, our audience, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Be the change. Be sure to check out our website, thestateofus.org, for books, articles, and all the ways to tune in. Thestateofus.org.